we thank you for the gift of today. And thank you for what you intend to do in our lives today. Father, I commit these few minutes into your hands and I ask that you speak through me in Jesus' name. I commit your people into your hands and I ask that you bless them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. You may please be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I thank God for the opportunity to be here. It's a privilege. It's not a right. I do not take it for granted. I want to give honor to whom honor is due. I've just met them and it's like I've known them forever. Our pastor, thank you so much for being such a blessing. Thank you so much. The past few days I've spent with you, you don't even know how much you have touched my life. I see your simplicity. I see your sincerity. I see your calmness. And that's what it's all about. My prayer is that God will continue to strengthen you in the name of Jesus. And Pastor Foluke, thank you for being you. Hallelujah. Thank you for being the strong woman that you are. My prayer is that God will continue to strengthen you to do the, carry out the assignment he has ordained for you too in the name of Jesus. Your hands will not be weak in the name of Jesus. I want to thank all the women. I had a wonderful time yesterday and with the young people too. It was simply amazing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I bring greetings from Lagos, Nigeria. I bring greetings from my pastor, the best pastor in the whole world. Pastor, sorry. <laughs> my pastor, Pastor Taiwo Odukoya of the Fountain of Life Church. A father indeed. Hallelujah. And I also greet, bring greetings from my baby of 25 years. My husband, Pastor Femi Megbokwe, who is also a pastor in the Fountain of Life Church. I've been introduced and the Lord has a plan. Praise the Lord. One of my confessions, one of my daily confessions, I have quite a few of them, and I have them for different reasons. One of the confessions I make every day for my business is in Psalm 144. Blessed be the Lord, my strength, who teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield and him in whom I put my trust, who subdues my people under me. Lord, who art man that thou art mindful of him? Who art the son of man that thou visitest him? Man is as to vanity, his days are as a shadow that passeth away. Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains and let them smoke. Cast forth lightning and scatter them. Shoot thy arrows and destroy them. Send thy hand from above. Read me and deliver me from great waters, from the hands of strange children whose mouths speak vanity, and their right hand is the right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song unto you. Upon the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto you. When you stand up to declare such scriptures every day, the Lord goes ahead of you to make every crooked way straight. And what I want to share with you today is what are you saying? There was a time in my life that I would say things I didn't even know because they were cool. One of the slangs I used to say, even though I didn't know what it meant, was when somebody greets me, how are you doing? I say, Anna Apache in a leak. Who knows what that means? Okay, can someone be bold enough to interpret? Can someone be given the mic? Is it, which language is that? Ibo language. Anna, what is Anna? You keep patching it and it yeah. keeps leaking. Doesn't it not sound cool? Try fixing it and the boy you fix the boy. Thanks, man. <laughs> Doesn't it not sound cool? 
How are you doing? Ah, an Apache in a leak. Praise the Lord. And so what we're saying, what I used to say is, ah, how are you? As I'm patching it, it's leaking. Praise the Lord. It was a daily confession. And we would laugh. And you know, some of us grew up being called nicknames. I remember we had people who used to call a Joe. And when you hear Joe, you see them. You know, they're jumping, they're excited. And some we call Ole. And it's like, yeah, that's me. And there's some when you hear Were, hey, they show you swags. You know, all sorts of confessions we didn't know were impacting our future. They were cool, but we didn't know that they were cutting short the plans and purpose of God for our lives. And indeed, as life went on, I saw that as I was, I was patching, it was leaking. As I was patching, it was leaking. Baoni, ah, Obadu. Those are the, we say it without knowing that the words we speak are eggs. They fall to the ground and they begin to affect our destinies. We call our children names. They upset us. Thank God for my mother of blessed memory who loved us all. But you know, everybody's love language is different. I was talking to a young lady and she said to me, I do not like my husband's love language. I said, it's a good thing that you've realized that that is his love language. And so that's what you have found in that marriage, so you've got to deal with it. For some husbands, your love language to your wife is just to, to tell her, hurry up, don't waste my time. You know, give instructions, that's your love language. So we have different love languages. And my mother's love language at that time was to be strict to everybody. And, but my own case was different because she didn't understand me. Neither did I understand myself. But thank God that God is beyond our parents. Because a lot of us won't be where we are today and I certainly wouldn't be where I am today. Sometimes we go through things and nobody understands. There are things that happen behind the veil, behind the curtains that you can't even tell people. And you come out looking nice. Some of us here have cried this morning. Thank God for the Mary case. And tell me their names, all those nice products. So, and you know, yes, Mark, you know, and you know, th these days, they are improving on production. In those days, we didn't have the primers. We didn't have the, the foundation. You know, we just had the powders. But now there's so, so we, you know, we, we are able to, you have the concealer, yeah? And so you do your brows, everything is on fleek, but in your heart, you're in fleekers. Is there anything like fleekers? <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, especially when you come into a country like this, you know, back home, if you came in last week, you know, when you were, let's assume you came in last week, when you were leaving last week, you didn't tell anybody, you know, when we're coming to America, we don't tell people we're coming to America because we don't want anybody to stop that plane from landing. You know, we're careful. We don't tell anybody. We, we, we protect our passports like our lives depend on it. We get a visa and we actually testify. You know, some people have never prayed and fast, but over a visa. Praise the Lord. 
And so we now land in America and those back home will just visit you in your house in Nigeria and look for you and you'll be too... Did they ask of me? What did you tell them? I mean, America. Praise the Lord. So we're able to conceal so many things and come out looking pretty. So my life was that of a lot of concealment, but deep down in me I was hurting. And you know, the fact that you're a Christian does not also, does not exonerate you from the heats of life. You know, the Bible makes us to understand that the rain falls on the good and the bad. Praise the Lord. I mean, that's the goodness of God. Hallelujah. And so my life was that of concealment to, you know, trying to bury a lot of things, even though things were not really well. But, you know, you have to put up an appearance. And not only was I a Christian, I was also a pastor's wife. And so I had to put up an appearance um, because the church must grow, the members must be encouraged. And so when we have a pastor's wife's meeting, we're continuously told that you don't wear your problems on your face, okay? You need to encourage the members. And then um, we have a lot of Christianese languages. How are you? All is well. Meanwhile, all is not really well. And sometimes we are, we've so perfected the that act that even by, when we get home, we get into our closets, we carry on the act. We don't remember to take off the makeup. And you know what happens, ladies, when you don't take off your makeup at night? Your skin begins to wrinkle, you begin to have pores, and that's what happens to us in life. When we conceal everything, when we put up a front, and when we get home, we, begin, we also still live in denial, saying everything is well. Meanwhile, you can get home and take off the mask and go before the one who can turn your destiny around. I lived my life like that for a number of years, thinking that if I, if I practiced the act of forgetting, it wouldn't matter. But listen, the fact that you are able to practice forgetting and you do not address the issue does not mean that there will be a turnaround. There are things we need to learn to do deliberately and I woke up to that. And I don't know where you are today, what age you are, what level you are. One thing I know that for a child of God, there is always a new beginning. But you see, new beginnings do not fall on your laps. New beginnings come to you when you're prepared for it. And so this morning, I don't know if you're prepared for a new beginning. And somebody might look at me and say to me, my life is good. Listen to me. There is always a next level. No matter how beautiful you are, no matter how successful you are, there is always a next level of success. And so if you're here and you feel that you're okay, I need to let you know that you need to look into that scripture that says that blessed is he that hungers and thirsts because there has to be a continuous hunger and a continuous thirst for the next level. And so I came to that point of realization that I had deceived myself for so long. I tried to bury my past and I had to move on. And I began to cry to God. How old was I then? All of this started when I was 38. Because I saw that life was passing me by. And moving close to 40, I heard nothing but a fool at 40 is a fool forever. And I almost succumbed to that saying. You know, there are a lot of English sayings, adages, proverbs that we hear and that, that soothe us and make us stay where we are. But may I tell you that the word of God is more powerful than any adage anybody has put together. 
The Bible says that when the Lord turns again the captivity of Zion, you become like him that is dreaming. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 is speaking to somebody today, arise and shine. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 is speaking to somebody today that the spirit of the Lord God is upon you. These scriptures I am reading out to you are scriptures that began to lift me up from where I was, settled and calm. Even though things were not going and made me begin to hunger for something more. My hunger was almost quenched. As I remember that I didn't have anything to fall back on. I didn't have a university degree. My, all my siblings had. I was the second of five children. And I just desired a change. How it was going to come about, I did not know. But I began to ask God for a way out. And God said to me, go forward. And going forward means that you have to forget the past. Going forward means that you have to forget the failures and you even have to forget the successes. Because for some of us, what is holding us down is not even the failures of yesterday. What is holding us down is the success that we achieved yesterday. You can't get it out of your mind that you were made an MD in your... Some people have left Nigeria, they were bank managers before. And it's still in their heads that, oh, I was once a bank manager. They look at situations they're going through and they're, look, they're looking at people and they're saying, if only you knew where I was in Nigeria. They're looking at themselves today and they're saying, if only you knew how many drivers I had then. They're looking at themselves today and saying, if, if only you knew the cars I had then. Listen, it's gone. So there are times when the successes of yesterday are hindering us and we can't come down. Because you see, for you to go up sometimes, you need to come down. For you to go up, sometimes you need to come off that horse. Because sometimes we're on high horses. And so I came to that realization. And I had to forget a lot of things. I had to confront them. I had to confront the fact that I could not undo the abuse I experienced as a child. I had to confront the fact that I just had to forgive my abuser. I had to confront the fact that if I was, because at that point I was waiting, I said, as a child of God, I said, he must come and apologize to me. The Bible says that the wicked shall bar the gates of the righteous. You know, sometimes we look at scriptures and we apply them wrongly. I would stand on scriptures and say, the wicked will bow at my gates. He has to come. Until he comes to ask for forgiveness, I shall not forgive him. But there are times when, you see, there's so many scriptures that appear contradictory. That's because God speaks a word at different times. The same God that said to Abraham, sacrifice your son, said, hold it. That's why what we should go by is the proceeding word. What is the present word in your situation? And that is why I was excited when I heard we're reading the book of books of First Thessalonians, right? Second Thessalonians. Galatians, two more, Ephesians. I said, yeah, this is a word church because it's not every church that is a word church. That's because he, in every scripture, the Bible makes us understand that no scripture is of private interpretation. That means that he can say something today and he's God. So don't question him. Don't say, why must he change his mind? He's God all by himself. But one thing that we must settle in our minds is that our, his thoughts towards us 
are beautiful thoughts. So they, they were, these were the scriptures that I began to chew on. And God began to give me boldness. At that time, I was working in a school. And like I said, I didn't have anything to fall back on. But God encouraged me to rise. And that's why somebody must rise today. Yesterday I said to the young people, you know, sometimes I see the lives of those who leave Nigeria for America. And I find out that they live sometimes, so many people live with dreams. Some of us here, when you were leaving Nigeria, you left with dreams. Nigeria had, Nigeria had dealt with a lot of us. But we said, we're coming to Nigeria, we're coming to, coming to America for greener pastures. I will come here, you left Nigeria, I said, I'm coming here to read. I'm coming here to get a degree, I'll get a good job, I will be self-sufficient, I will be a blessing to those who have left behind. But then you came here, and then it was like cold water was poured on you. And you said, we have come to our place of rest. And so, these are the kind of things that if we're not careful, truncate the plan and purpose of God for our lives. But as you focus on God, even if you do not have anything, it's, an, it's amazing what he can do. And so I decided to leave the known for the unknown. Every life that is portrayed in the Bible is relieved by you and I today. And that is why it is important for you to be a student of the word. Because you will confront situations that should remind you of what somebody went through in the Bible. When God said to Abraham, I will make you. He said, leave your father's house. That was my Abraham experience at that time. And I left my place of work to start a daycare center. Starting a daycare center did not manifest and so I found myself sitting back at home. Not just sitting back at home. Some people have asked severally, how do I, I don't even know my passion. And so, are we going to sit idle because we don't know our passion? Are we going to be waiting? I keep saying to such people, no. Whatever, the Bible says, whatever. Whatever. It might not be the perfect plan for your, of God for your life at that point. But listen, as Joseph had to transit from the pits to Potiphar's house and then to the palace, some of us are in transition. And if you do not start, you can never get to your destination. And may I announce to you that if you don't get to your destination, you are going to truncate the lives of your children. The book of, Psalm, of Isaiah 61 says, after I goes, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good tidings. He said, I will, we will build the old waste. There's some of you that are supposed to be building old waste. There's some of you that are supposed to raise in former desolations. And so, as I sat back and began to take home lessons with the education I got from wanting to start a daycare center, things were not getting better. But God was with me. And for you today, child of God, he's with you. God is with you. 
God is with you. Remember what Jacob said. When Jacob slept and he had a dream and he saw a ladder and he saw angels coming up and down. He said, ah. He woke up and said, oh my goodness, God was in this place. And God is with you. For every child of God, God is with you. He is with you. And all he's waiting for is for you to call on him. He said, call, up, call on to me and I will answer you he says you call first i'm there i paid the price of my son anyway but what are we doing with the access we have you have that access card and some of us have the access card in our bags for some of us we come to church and our prayer altars are full of cobwebs we can't remember the last time we went there but i just asked god i had nothing and that's what, unfortunately, this kind of society where everything works does for us. You know, in Nigeria, you must pray and fast that there should be light. You pray and fast that there will be no fuel crisis. You, but this place, it doesn't happen. And so, we have taken it for granted. We probably do not need God. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, woe to them who are at ease in Zion. But that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. And as I went on with, that with, with the teaching, like I said, things began to drop. The fact that things are going down for you, child of God, does not mean God is not with you. Sometimes God needs to take us through some rough patches to, be to prepare us from the for the palace. And as things were going down, my husband and I were down to our last 1,000 naira. You know what 1,000 naira is? But God was with me. The day my, that day that my husband gave me a thousand naira, my initial reaction was to tell him that this is not what his mates give to their wives. But God was with me. My situation at that time, Pastor, was like the situation of Abigail. Who knew what not to say? Thank God my husband was not a neighbor. That's the difference between Abigail and I. But there are times when you have to drink the water of patience, woman of God. Women, some of us realize now that if only we had learned to tame our tongues, life would be better for us. But like I said, there's no point crying over spilled milk. And that is why when God brings information your way, you store it so that when it's time to use it, you are able to bring it out. That 1,000 naira appeared as nothing. But I heard God say, you make more more in the house today. That was our 12th year of marriage. And I had never made more more before. I told them yesterday, some people ask, how do you recognize the voice of God? And I said to them, put out, all the, put out the lights in this room. Put a thousand men. If I hear the voice of Olufemi, my husband, I will recognize his voice. That's because I hang around him. That's because I speak with him every day. This morning we have spoken. And so who you hang around with, you will recognize the person. You will recognize the person's voice. And so I need to ask you, are you hanging around God? If you don't have a habit of hanging around God, you can develop it. That's the beautiful thing about God. All he wants you to do is come. And he doesn't judge us. He doesn't even compare his children. He loves us so much. If he says, if we could give, freely give Jesus, what can he not freely give to you? It appeared as if nothing would happen to our lives. It appeared as if, in fact, I remember my sister-in-law called us in those, one of those days and she said, are you, are you, do you people have AIDS? 
Because nobody could understand. We were always fasting. We had lost weight. Things were not moving. They were sincerely concerned. But God had a set time. God has a set time for somebody here today. You may not look like it. But what God is going to do in your life is going to blow your mind. Only if you could follow him. You know Paul at the tail end of his ministry said that I may know him. Philippians chapter 3. Forgetting those things that are behind. I press forward to those things that are, are before me. You press that I may know him. And one of the re revelations God has given me is that you can never know God completely. And so the more you know him, the more you want to know him. But God decided to come through Moi Moi that day. And that day, my sister-in-law paid us a visit. <laughs> and I saw myself in another picture. Because when she paid us a visit, I was praying she would not perceive the aroma of the Moi Moi. Because that was all we had in the house. But she asked for Moi Moi. And I remembered as she asked the story of that woman, the widow that Elijah went to. All she had was enough for her and her son to eat and die. The man of God started by asking for water. As she was going, she said, he said to her, eh, make me, make for me first. You and I know that if she had not given that man of God, we wouldn't have read her testimony. And if I hadn't given my sister-in-law, I wouldn't be here today. I gave her and the next thing she did after testing was, Ayo, I like this. Can you make for me? You know, sometimes we have gifts and abilities that we take for granted. As a Yoruba wife, I would always go to my in-laws when, when we have family functions. Because things were very hard between my husband and I. You know how it is as a wife. You don't go to your in-laws' house empty-handed. Christmas, if you don't go with a bag of rice, you're going with salt, you're going with the roro. We couldn't go with those things. And so me, Jejeli, what I knew I had to offer was my service. I didn't know my service was precious. There were times when... The family had finished eating. I would clear the plates and I would carry it to them to the kitchen and I'll be singing and washing. There are times when my sister in law will come and mock and she'll say, Oh, girl, Ayo, do you really enjoy washing plates? And I'm like, I enjoy it, Dupe. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned her name. And I'm like, I enjoy it. And she goes, Oh, girl, it meant nothing to me. And I went on. She tasted the moi moi. Sorry, she, when she tasted, she asked if I could make for her the, other, the next day. I made for her. And she gave one or two of her friends. I gave my neighbors. And I remembered when we moved into that house, it was a four-flat apartment. Four, sorry, four-story building. Nobody was greeting anybody. You know, Nigeria, we can form plenty. We can form. We are suffering, but we are forming. Praise the Lord. We are forming. We don't greet anybody. Ah, and when we moved into the house, I told my husband, they don't greet you. Sometimes you meet somebody downstairs. Hello, good morning. They look at you. They are you and move away. My husband said, ah, you have to keep greeting. Let them not answer. You just keep greeting them. Thank God I took that counsel. Because the little moment we had left, I still, after making for my sister, I gave to one or, for my sister and I gave to one or two of them. And that was how they came, came knocking. Ah, ah, this moment is nice. How much will it cost us to get? I said, bring 1,000 naira. That was exactly what I told my sister-in-law. I said, just give me 1,000 naira. I will make for you. And so when her friends tasted and they liked it, she asked, they asked her, what, how much should we give her? She said, it's 1,000. Just give her 1,000. She'll give you a bag of moi moi. And my neighbors to asked, how much should we pay? I said, just bring 1,000. Nobody asked how many. Just give them a bag of moi moi. Uh -uh. And 1,000 turned into 5,000. It was like a joke. 
Wow, I started telling more family and friends. And it was growing. Pastor's wife. When I came in this morning, Pastor, and you said we should greet our neighbor, I went to her. I said, I have more money in the car. She said, really? <laughs> but it was a joke because that was what I used to do then. When we come to church and my, dad, my husband says, go greet your neighbor. I'll just go to them. How are you? They say, mommy, good morning, ma. <laughs> I have more money in the car. If they are children, I say, tell your mommy. Pastor's wife has mama in the car. You know children, they are your best ambassadors, brand ambassadors. They will harass their mother. Mommy, pastor's wife has mama. I did that for a season. Listen, life is in seasons. No season lasts forever. So don't be angry when a season come, come goes. Because when it's spring, you can't fight it. If you fight the season, you will not benefit. Listen, you may not like the season, but every season has a blessing. Every season, it's your attitude that will determine whether or not you enjoy the blessings of that season. That season of selling money in the church passed. Do you know how it passed? It came a time when pastor would say, go and greet your neighbor. Everybody was avoiding me. <laughs> Even the children, you will see the mother say, don't go to pastor's wife, don't greet pastor's wife. I was almost getting bitter, but I thank God for the Spirit of God that made me realize that the season... Look, look, if you're where you are not supposed to be, if you're where you're not supposed to be, birds will perch on your head. When the season changes, realize the season has changed and ask God for when, what next. And I asked God, God, what next? And God said, go back to that school where you had worked for nine years and go and stand at the gate to hawk the moimoi. I said, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I come against the spirit of shame. There was no prayer I did not pray. Come against the spirit of embarrassment. Come against the spirit of reproach. I shall not be reproached. I will not suffer shame. He says, for my shame, I receive double. I... Woman of God, man of God, have understanding. The Bible says that in all you're getting, praise the Lord. Thank God for Jesus that called me and made me realize that it's not the devil, it's me telling you to go to that gate. I walked on myself, convinced myself. You know, there are times you have to convince yourself. I convinced myself and I stepped out to that gate. And I remembered that I had friends who told me not to leave at that time. I was working at Corona School, Ikoi, as the secretary. And as school closed and parents had gone in to bring their children, I knew how to arm myself and where to stand. But as I stood at that gate, my heart broke as I saw one of my friends who had told me not to leave coming out first. I wanted to run. I wanted to disappear and reappear later. But when I looked at the cooler of Moi Moi, no, you haven't tried some things because you are not desperate. You are too comfortable. You know, you're too, you're too posh. Oh, dear Lord. Somebody asked me, how did you get out of, the, out of where you were? How did you, how, where did you get courage to stand at the gate? I said, ah, at that time, it was like I was in a hole, dark hole. And I could see light up there. And I could hear people dance, people singing. I could hear people laughing and people rejoicing. And I said, yeah, am I going to die here? I fought my way up. I said, no, this is not a time to be trish. This is not a time to pose, not posing for anybody. Praise the Lord. Sometimes that posing has, ah, has held us down. We don't have anything, yet we're posing. We form. It's, what for? 
That's one thing that is working against us as Africans, especially as Nigerians. Look at you and I. We come to America, we are simple. But when you are going to Lagos, you understand what I'm saying. I mean, there are times I come here, I can, I, and it happens to all of us. We're simple. You take buses, you're in, you go to London, you take buses. In, America, in Nigeria, my driver must drive me. And I must be sitting at the back. You know what I mean? It's a problem. It's a serious problem. It's a problem. It's a mentality problem. Praise the Lord. There was a day my friend, who at that time, her husband was the chief medical director in Mobile. She was almost missing her flight. <laughs> she was in traffic in Lagos. She quickly jumped out of the car and took a bike. Because she didn't want to miss her flight. May you not miss your flight in Jesus' name. May you be sensitive to know that when a flight is about to take off. And then you rid yourself of all those things that hinder you. All the posing and everything. Thank God that I, God helped me to realize a flight was about to take off. And I rid myself of all the posing. I didn't, ride, I didn't run. I didn't hide. I looked at the cooler and I knew there was no going back. And I stood there screaming. I said, God will give you strategy. There is always a strategy for every season. Always a strategy. If you are living in a one-bedroom apartment in Lagos, there's a strategy. You move into a flat, there's a strategy. You move into a... There's a strategy. My strategy for the gates was, that God gave me was, my, my, for sale. My, my, for sale. Buy this, my, my, your life will not remain the same again. I kept screaming. They didn't understand. But I knew that people stopped. <laughs> then pastor, I was like blind Bartimaeus. That was the face of blind Bartimaeus. Who was screaming, Jesus, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they told him, shut up, shut up, shut up. Stop disturbing the master. Stop making noise. But he knew that that was the strategy for him to see. That so many times that people have told you to stop it. They've told you to shut up. They've told you to keep quiet. They've told you don't walk like this. They've told you don't sing like this. They've told you don't dance like this. And you have kept quiet. And your destiny has passed you by. You need to rid yourself of such strange people. Well, sometimes they don't do it on purpose. And that is why you must have confidence in yourself. I'm not saying you should be rude, proud, or arrogant. There's a difference in that. You just must be proud. You must be convinced of what God has told you. It is the conviction of what God tells you that gives you boldness to stand against all odds and do what is not the norm. So many times we're stuck doing the norm and we don't see. God is, we're frustrating God. God is frustrated. Ah, I want to do something big in this girl's life, in this man's life, in this family. I was screaming. So many reactions. There'll be reactions. Some felt sorry for me. Some felt sorry. Sorry, shall be well. I said it is going to be well. Please, by this moment, your life will not remain the same. That was my slogan. And before I knew it, all over Ikoyi, they were telling people, go to Ikoyi gates. There's a woman selling moi moi there. God knows how to advertise his own. And I began to do, make different meals. Listen, you're not God. It's only God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's only God. And so we need to check ourselves if we're still doing the same thing the way it was before. You need to check yourself. There must be change. There must be creativity. There must be innovation. And God helped me. I began to learn how to do things better as income was increasing. And as income was increasing, God gave, I gave, gave, we got the name No Leftovers. 
or the simple thing I do. God knows how to magnify your simple step. You remember the step of those lepers? They were lepers, though, but what the enemies heard was something else. He knows how to magnify your little step. The little thing I did was just to begin to buy bags and brand, no leftovers, and my change came. You're wondering how did the change come? But before that change came, people had started asking for other types of food. And I was able to make, until it got to the point where they asked me for afang. I wanted to say I can't make, but the Lord, you see, listen. Your ear must be in the mouth of God every time. Your attitude must be, God, talk to me. It's not as if you're going to be behaving like a weirdo. Where you're saying, God, talk to me, God, talk to me, God, talk to me. No, it's just an, a part of you. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just inbuilt. And I heard God say, take it. I didn't give the customer the prize, but I went to the market and God told me, that's your destiny helper. Who was that destiny helper? My destiny helper was that Igbo woman who was selling ugu and stockfish in the market. Some of us have killed our destiny helpers. Some of us have abused our destiny helpers. Some of us have despised our destiny helpers. Some of, us, some of us have driven them away from us. Some of them are mothers-in-law. Some of them are landlords. Some of them are teachers, are children's teachers who we have gone to insult. Some of us, for some of us, it's your choir master who you think his own is too much. For some of us, it's our pastor. For some of us, it's the pastor's wife that you don't like. I know that doesn't happen in this church. It's only in Nigeria they do things like that. It's not here. But destiny helpers, and listen please. Destiny helpers change per season. As God wills actually. Sometimes God can allow you to have a destiny helper in two consecutive seasons. But destiny helper changes. And nobody, nobody controls who your destiny helper is. Except the one who is the creator of your destiny. And so what does that teach us? It teaches us to respect people. I say to people, just be nice. You don't even have to be spiritual. I heard something this morning. The principles of Jesus will make anybody successful. Anybody. Believer or unbeliever. But the person of Jesus will guarantee eternal life for the believer. The person of Jesus will guarantee eternal life for the believer, but the principles of Jesus will make anybody successful. What does that tell you? You can be a believer and go into heaven, but you can, it's possible that you're not prosperous if you don't follow his principles. But when you follow his person and you follow his principle, then it's a win-win for you. And so decide what you want to do. Praise the Lord. My destiny helper was that Igbo woman who I went to and said, Mama, I won't cook a fang. Say, what's going to do? You? Say, Mama, now fang. They say, make her cook today. Say, ah. She saw my frustration. Say, you be Yoruba. I say, Mama, be Yoruba. Say, ah, you don't marry Kalabama. Say, now you're in law. I say, not them. <laughs> say, no worry. Nobody go take your husband. I go teach you. That was how, without going to catering school. Because that's spending a couple. Mama taught me how to cook. And the soup was something else. That was how I began to take orders. Without going into a structured learning environment. 
child of God, preparation is the eye that sees opportunity. And God knows how to prepare us. But sometimes the preparation may be very humbling. And that's why we need to get off our high horses. But you must be aware that when God brings opportunities to learn your way, it's to better your life. And so how did this translate into change of season for me? By the time I started taking the soup orders and had branded our bag, I came across somebody who carried the bag and I was bold enough to ask the person, where did you get this bag from? And she told me somebody down the road gave the bag to her because she bought something from that person down the road. And then I went a step further to ask her, oh, to tell her that this is what I do. Meanwhile, on a normal day, the woman doesn't talk to me. She's high up there. I'm even always very scared to move to her. I don't even advertise my... You know, God taught me so many things at that gate. God teaches you so many things on the street. That's why some... The street-wise children... You know, the Bible says that the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. That is why you see those street-wise children. They're they are smarter than our children that we have buttered and breaded. Buttered and breaded. Praise the Lord. But I learned, those, I learned things on that street that no business school could teach me. I learned things on that street that by the time I went to business school, I had practicalized it and I understood better. And so, when, as she told me that, I, she, I, when I told her what I did, she said, oh really, it's a coincidence because I'm looking for an oil service, sorry, I own an oil service firm and we're looking for a caterer. I said, ma'am, I can cook. And then she said, there's only one condition. I said, what's the condition, ma'am? She said, we need somebody who can make native soups. God had prepared me. That was what moved me from the gates to the palace, from the prison to the palace. How many more minutes, sir? I should have asked. Thank you, sir. Morning. Praise the Lord. From the gate to the palace. By the time I got there, into this oil service company, my thinking changed. Listen, when you are in the sun, there are some things you can't think well about. That's the truth. There are some things you cannot think well about when you are in the sun, when you are suffering. Yes, you will be able to manage some things at that point, but God needs to, needs to take you out of that place for you to be able to think better. And so you're leaving Nigeria where there's no light, where, there, where there's no fuel, where you are struggling for everything. It's not for you to come to America and sleep or be counting the tall buildings or going to the park or just eating you know that's not why you are here because some of us have forgotten and that's the painful thing that's why God is angry with he was always angry with the children of Israel they forget and it's the same sickness that is doing us today you've forgotten where you are coming from you've forgotten that one room apartment I was excited when I was talking to the young people there are some people that lived on the streets where I lived you know Shomolu people, Pangu people, Bajulaye people they were rep they represented but some of you have forgotten You've forgotten that your parents actually raised you in a one-room apartment. You've forgotten you were born in Mushin. You've forgotten. You've forgotten about Mushin Olosha. 
You've forgotten about Isolor Bridge. You've forgotten about Ajegunle. Remember, reset your brain. Reboot. Reboot because that's why a lot of you are sleeping. That's why a lot of us are satisfied with one, two, three jobs in a day. We are not worshipping God again. Reboot. Remember. Remember where you are coming from. And that's what God kept telling the children of Israel. Write it on the hearts of your children. Write it on their heads. That's on their foreheads. Remember. 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 You didn't enter this place for you to sleep. I didn't go into that all-service company for me to say I've arrived. God helped me. He asked me, what do I want? He's asking some of you, what do you want? And you're asking for the wrong things. I said to God, I want to go to school. And God gave me the opportunity by me seeing an advert that said an American company, Goldman Sachs, was coming into Nigeria to invest in women. See how God does it. He holds the world in the palm of his hands. In the palm of his hands. He can, because of you, and I believe it was because of me, that he put that program in the heart of Goldman Sachs. Remember my confession. Gentiles shall come to your light. Kings will be your nursing fathers. Strangers will build your wall. Confessions. The word works. They came. They didn't give me money. All they did was to pay. Give me a scholarship to go to school. To go to a business school. In Nigeria, he knows how to bring them with their wealth to favor you. And by the time we finished the program, they said to me at a dinner, we want to come to your office. And I said, I don't have an office. There's no time to form. Some of us would have gone to, probably would have said, I have an office. And then you go, go and meet a Ketra friend of yours. I said, let me use your space. Americans are coming. I said, I don't have an office. I said, where do you cook from? I said, my husband's kitchen. My kitchen. And they said, we will come. It's not your location that makes the difference. It's the location of your God because he holds the world in the palm of his hands. He says, he says he puts one, he raises one, he sets one down. He's God all by himself. So some of us are wanting to help God. He doesn't need your help. Allow God. And the program, and by the time they finished, because of time, but let me just tell you one drama. I like this part. This is the best dramatic part I like in this, my story, this story of my life. When the Americans came, Shomolu people, you're here? You know that people, they, all those conductors, they fight sometimes. Yeah. When they came, they said they were coming 7 o'clock in the morning. I saw, I heard noise. I thought it was my area people. Then I looked out of the window, I saw policemen. I thought it was the area people. I didn't know that. The scene of my life was about to change. I was now beginning, I had entered the scene of Mephibosheth. When suddenly, covenant spoke for Mephibosheth. Your covenant children of God. And they came. What I found out was that it was the Americans that the policemen had guarded to come. What I found out was that the policemen had stopped traffic. And so everybody was at attention. And they were wondering, who have they come to kick? What has she done? Some of them thought maybe it was 419. But when God is set to blow your mind, the Bible says that he makes even your enemies to be at peace with you. By the time they left, even people who never greeted me on that street, Ekpelema, Ekwaleju. You know, if you don't know what that means, uh, uh, good afternoon, ma. We are greeting you for the visitors you received. How are they? That's what God does. And after they left, I got a letter a few, few weeks after. Can you be the ambassador of this program? 
They were running this program in 18 countries. They didn't see any ambassador for this girl in Lagos, Nigeria, selling moi moi. And they said, can you come to America? <laughs> I said, I'll check. <laughs> That's what God does. And I said to them yesterday, I love coming to America. I can never get tired of watching it. It's what you watch that you become. I became Eddie Murphy. <laughs> In fact, I, if you saw what I wore that first day, I didn't know what to wear. What, if you saw the flimsy thing I wore in spring, my body was shaking like this. But thank God, everybody stood at attention because I was at to address the annual general meeting of Goldman Sachs. This Lagos, Nigeria, Nigeria, Moi Moi Seller. And I stood, by the time I finished, I saw people standing. Oh, you're amazing. You know, people, everything is amazing to them. Oh, Moi Moi, you're amazing. How does it taste? And me too. I, my accent changed. It changed, just changed. And I started going from place to place. Kings began to call me. Kings began to call me. Kings began to call me. I got an invitation. My going to the White House, my going to the White House was because, was because they wanted somebody who the banks had said no to. And when they called me, have you been able to access the loan? I said, no, my bank said, if I don't have 70%, I shouldn't come. They said, I'll come to the White House. We want to showcase your story. That's what took me to the White House. And then two years ago, I was invited. I said, come on, I want you to come and talk about African women. Um, and you'll be talking alongside Warren Buffett. And Warren, so Warren Buffett said to me, I have read your story and inspiration. I said, oh, is this is God. And then there was a dinner, and they said to me, Ayo, we're serving moi moi at the dinner, no leftovers moi moi. And then I had the opportunity to meet, to meet Michelle Obama, and they said to me, Ayo, you are the one to receive Michelle Obama into the green room. And then you will present your moi moi to her. Michelle Obama ate no leftovers moi moi. The most important thing as I close is that this story is winning souls to Christ. I have no apologies. I tell people I'm a child of God. And I tell them, grace has brought me this far. My children, our children know that the God of their fathers is real. Can you trust God so that your children will know that the God of their fathers is real? I'm here today because I sold Moi Moi at the gate. I'm here today because of that 1,009 startup. I go from place to place because of it. It can only be God. Where are you today? Where are you today? God can turn it around. Place it in his hands. Invest your time in his presence. Invest your passion in him. And let him lead you. Let him guide you. Because he's the only one that can open your eyes to see what he has prepared for you. He has prepared it and is telling you, come to the table. Shall we bow our heads? I don't know where you are. I want you to begin to talk to God and ask God to help you. Ask God to help you. Ask him to help you. You did not leave your fatherland 
to come and be a slave here. Remember the story of Daniel. Daniel was a captive in Babylon, but Daniel became a leader because he stood for his God. The Bible says that the king was looking for such as have abilities to stand in the king's palace, and they chose Daniel, and Daniel did not compromise. Daniel did not turn his back on his God. You, some of us have to repent this morning. Some of us have walked far away from God. Some of us are enjoying the leeks and the cucumbers of Egypt and we have forgotten that the covenant-keeping God is him who has kept us alive. Some of us need to rededicate our lives. And so I would ask if you're here this morning and you just want to rededicate your life to Jesus or you want to give your life to Jesus, just stand up where you are. Don't come out. Just stand on your feet. Just stand on your feet. Sometimes... We find that we have served God so, for so long, but we have lost the essence of who we serve. We are just mechanical in our serving. It came to a point in my life I had to rededicate my life, even as a pastor's wife. I came to a point in my life when I found out that titles cannot take me to heaven. Titles cannot turn around my life. What turns around somebody's life is an encounter. You want an encounter today? Stand up. Ask God to help you. Some of us have to go back to our prayer altars and shake off the cobwebs and light the fire of prayers again. Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul bread of heaven fill me till i want no more fill my cup fill it up and make me whole fill my cup lord Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench. Come and quench this thirsty of my soul. Bread of heaven, fill me till I. our heart cry today a lot of our cups are empty a lot of our tanks are empty a lot of a lot of us are walking are running on our own strength a lot of us have gone far we're just here physically our spirits are not connected to you and that's why this morning father we've come to confess not to man but to you some of us are bitter some of us have judged you unfaithful. Some of us have judged you unable. Some of us have made gods of men. Some of us have made gods of the system. But today we come back. We come back to you, oh God. We come back to you and we ask for your mercy. In the name of Jesus. 
We ask for a new beginning. We ask for a new start. We ask that you jumpstart our Christian work again. And for those of us who don't even have any relationship with you, Father, we ask that you teach us. We ask that you lead us. Let us be different. Daniel and his friends chose to be different. They chose not to defile themselves with the king's meat. Father, please help us in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for a new beginning. Shall we all rise? I pray for everybody here today, Father. I ask, oh God, that as you have done this for me, not because of anything that I have done, but the simple thing is just that I just trust you. The simple thing is that when I make mistakes, I run back to you. The simple thing is that I ask you, oh God, every day, please make me a woman of your presence. And I ask, oh God, that you will give them this burden too in Jesus' name. As you give them this burden, Father, I ask that you show yourself strong in their lives. That they will begin to take over in the name of Jesus. They will take over in the name of Jesus. The Bible says concerning the sons of Issachar, that the sons of Issachar had an understanding of the times and they knew what Israel lot to do. Give them the, an understanding of their different seasons and let them know what to do. Let your children not be stranded. Let us that call upon the God of Jacob not seek you in vain because you have said to us that you have not called us to seek you in vain. Father, we thank you. The next time I hear from them, I shall be hearing their testimonies. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed.